0: Franklin borrows a book, How Consistency Bias Can Be a Good Thing, But Is Often the Stalwart of Evil. Today we're talking about consistency bias and how the entire system, how your mind, how all of us fall victim to this bias that comes so naturally to our species. It's this idea that we say one thing or we do one thing and then we try to stay true to that thing in the future. In a world where data comes at you at lightning fast speed, things change all the time, do you see how this could be a problem, especially in the political sphere? You have experts that go on TV, And they spew all this fear, all these big numbers. Millions are going to die, this and that. And then the data comes out and it doesn't show that. Do these experts go and say, well, I was wrong or whatever? No, they try to cover their ass. They try to promote more fear. They try to extend the timeline so people just forget. Politicians will say one thing. Maybe they'll want to change their mind. Maybe deep down, they've been convinced of another better way. But will they come out and say that? I almost don't blame them because the media, online, Twitter mobs, things like that, will attack them. They will say, you said this, you're wishy-washy, or you're lying, or whatever. It's not a good thing. It's part of the political divisiveness and the problems that we have today. And I'm going to show you this example in full effect, how it can be good used for good, but generally how it's often used for evil, not necessarily on purpose, but usually on accident. In his autobiography, Benjamin Franklin was facing opposition to being re-elected clerk of General Assembly. And he learned that one of his most vocal opponents had an impressive library. So Franklin wrote this individual letter asking to borrow a very specific, rare, and valuable book to which the, his opponent sent immediately. Franklin then returned it a week later with a gracious note of thanks. At the next house assembly, this once vehement opponent of Franklin's came up to him and civilly said, if there's anything I can do, let me know. Basically offered his services and offered to help in any way he can. Up to that point, he'd never even talked to Franklin. After that, they became lifelong friends. So why did this work? Why is it so powerful? There's a couple of things. Franklin disarmed his opponent. He asked for something. A lot of times, if you want to get somebody to like you or you want to persuade them in a certain way, you actually want to impose on them. It's a very interesting, weird dynamic that humans tend to have. A lot of times we think we're bothering people or you couldn't ask for things. But a lot of times there's things like reciprocity and there's other biases and people want to help and things like that. So it is a very kind of sneaky way that he did this. After the fact, though, the thing that his individual probably had no idea it happened, probably just completely rewrote his memory he convinced himself that, well, if I'm going to lend a book to this guy, he must be a good guy. So from here on out, I have to be his ally. And that's exactly what happened. This tool could be used for good, for bad. It's good for persuasion, selling. It's good for relationships even. You can use this in a way, but the most important thing you want to do is you want to be aware of it in your own life. And the real danger of the consistency bias is the difficulty with changing our minds. We need to change our minds. We need to be willing to change our minds. One way to fight this back is to not commit too strong to either end. Be willing to kind of take things with a grain of salt, as they say. Don't commit too strong to either end. Ask good questions. Don't become too fired up about any this point or that point. That's how you can avoid being too consistent and falling into dogma. We want to then also continually be asking ourselves Am I being too dogmatic? Am I just doing this because I said I would do this? Do I really wanna do this? Like, we have to continually reevaluate new information that comes in and where we are at in our life because things change. That's a reality. The only thing that is constant is actually change. The only thing in the universe that's constant is flux. And as we look at the political landscape, we see how this is a very dangerous proposition. We have a bunch of humans that go on media and they say and do things and they have to remain consistent. And that's why we have these very clear lines now. And this divisive political landscape. That's not good for anybody. And this is why things don't change. Because it becomes... Us versus them, my ideas versus yours, I'm right, you're wrong, and nobody tries to meet in the middle. The middle is where change happens. The middle is where you find progress. But because of things like consistency bias and obviously confirmation bias and a bunch of other failings of the human mind, we end up with more tribalistic, divisive divide. We end up with polarization. And polarization, and the more we polarize, the closer we get to destruction. How do you think wars happen? People get further, further, further on their different ends. They get further, further bought in dug into their ideology, and they don't meet in the middle. And thus, conflict ensues. We can't do that. The only way America's going to get taken over by a foreign enemy is if we crumble from the inside. And who knows? Maybe China, maybe Russia, maybe they're all just sitting there just kind of salivating and, and just waiting, just waiting, see what they can do. Let, let them argue over race and destroy their institutions and defund the police and, and just otherwise have civil unrest. And then we'll just sneak in strategically and take over, basically. They don't think these things could happen, or they might think they're conspiracies. But if you look at history, what is history? It's a bunch of tyrants and a bunch of revolutions, and it keeps happening over and over and over again. What makes any of us think that it can't happen again? To think it can't happen again is a combination of hubris and just lazy thinking, ignoring history. And as they say, if you ignore history, you're going to repeat it. Catch yourself in the consistency bias trap. Be willing to change your mind. Question your beliefs. You don't always have to go full cold turkey to the other side. Maybe you sprinkle in a little bit of objective counterpoints and be very wary of the algorithms and the internet and the news and the media. These things are designed to manipulate you, to control you. And whether there's a bunch of conspiracies and they're doing it on purpose or whether it's just an accident, sometimes I call them accidental conspiracies because it's just a bunch of factors have come together and we have this world we have where it's a divisive political landscape, the media sensationalize things, people read headlines, they don't even read the article, they don't look for actual Data sources, they don't dig deep. So they end up believing just nonsense or half-truths. And this further polarizes our species. Focus on finding objective truth, questioning things. Read biographies, read history, read independent news sources. Ignore the mass media. Don't look at what politicians say on a screen. Look at their voting history. Look at the things they've actually done. But who does that? We're addicted to this. Swipe, swipe, like, like, dislike, comment. You're this, you're that, whatever. These are gonna be the very things that crumble our world. The things that we're taking so for granted right now, like free speech and things like that, the more SJWs take over, the more the thought police go around and cherry pick things and try to call you this or call you that. That's going to be the beginning of the end. Some say it's already the beginning of the end. Some say we're already living 1984. I kind of believe that we started towards that path to where even to think something that is counterintuitive to what the media tells you or the state tells you will be a crime, thought crimes. We have to fight the bias. We have to fight the dogma. We have to be aware of ourselves. We have to be self-reliant, self-sufficient, and we have to seek truth in data, not narratives that have been manufactured for you. So if you want more of this, check out the Show No Cares Get Back to Work podcast over at colin.coach as well as my other articles. I'll be spending a lot more time trying to highlight history so that we're not doomed to repeat it. And it will apply to something that can, you can use today to think better, to think for yourself, and to otherwise fight back the bad ideas and the bad dogma. The only way we're going to win this battle is by starting with ourselves, one individual at a time.